Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 Livestream Podcast, hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs, Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. Join us as we interview experts who share their knowledge and experience to provide actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelley and Toby live every Wednesday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello and welcome to Messages and Methods. I'm Shelley Carney. Today we're going to be talking about uh, agility as it refers to our business. Specifically, how can we as content marketers be agile and respond to our audience? So uh, my name is Toby Unit. Of the horse voice. Um, so let me do some quick introduction, introductions, and then uh, let's talk about Podchaser at the beginning of the show rather than the end. Okay. Yeah. Do All right. So a couple of things. Make sure that before you leave today, you like our show, share it with your family, your friends, your neighbors, your business associates, the entirety of your social network. And then finally, if you're not already a subscriber, this would be the ideal time to click down on the subscribe button so that whenever we start a live stream, you'll be immediately informed and as a result in the know. Also, for those of you that are familiar with it, the Super Chat light is lit. If you don't know about Super Chat, it's a way to contribute to our little project here. Go down to the bottom of the chat window. You'll see a stylized but grayed out dollar sign. Click on that dollar sign and the good folks at YouTube will walk you through making that contribution. Okay, so before we get started with our presentation today, uh, we wanted to make this announcement. So I'm gonna bring this in so Shelly can tell you all about it. All right, so this is Podchaser. Podchaser is a place where you can share your podcast. <clears throat> People can find it there. They can find me too. Apparently. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is it contagious? I think so. So people can find your podcast there. They can uh, claim their spot on your show as a guest. As you can see, we have had Elsie Escobar, Cheryl Robinson, and Jen McFarland. They are members of Podchaser. And all you have to do to be a member is just go there and sign in and register. And uh, you can show yourself as a guest on any of the podcasts that you've been uh, a guest on. And you can also rate podcasts and leave reviews. And we're very focused on reviews in the month of April because of two things. Uh, we want to grow our audience. We want to share it with the world. And when you leave a review on Podchaser, they will do something called reviews for good, hashtag reviews for good 2022. E every review and reply on Podchaser, uh, Podchaser will donate 25 cents to World Central Kitchen. And the World Central Kitchen chefs have gathered to help the people of Ukraine by uh, feeding them uh, the refugees, the people under attack. Uh, they are there in the country and in Poland and surrounding countries to help to feed these people. So uh, it's a worthy cause and all you have to do is leave a review. It doesn't cost you anything but a few minutes of your time. So we're gonna give you the link to that on Podchaser and uh, we'll also have that in the description box. So if you could go to Podchaser, leave a review for our podcast and any podcast that you would care to review, then 25 cents 
for each review is going to go to World Central Kitchen. So we thank you for participating in that. And uh, we will respond to the reviews that are left so we can get that additional um, uh, money going to the World Central Kitchen. And the uh, easiest way to make a review is before you actually open the podcast, go over and click on the star and it'll walk you through making Well, that's for review. each and individual episode, which you can do. Right. You can individually you can actually... ep, uh, rate each episode, or you can just do the podcast, right rate the podcast. And we hope that you'll give it five stars and let us know what you like about it or what needs to change or what you would like to see more of in the future. All right. You're ready to go presentation yeah. mode or any other announcements? I'm, I'm ready. All right. There you go. All right. So we're going to talk about digital marketing wisdom and uh, read the signs and remain agile. And I wrote an LinkedIn article, a LinkedIn newsletter about this on Monday. So we're going to be expanding on that topic. And we'll, we'll put the link to that uh, LinkedIn article in the description box below. So what does it mean to be agile? Well, if you Google it, here's what you're going to get. Agile is an iterative approach to project management and software development that helps teams deliver value to their customers faster and with fewer headaches. Instead of betting everything on a Big Bang launch, an agile team delivers work in small but consumable increments. And that really can apply to other um, industries rather than just project management and software development. We apply it to our own industry, to our own content marketing, uh, content management, and content creation. Uh, we like to put things out quickly, have them show up, and get feedback on them to adjust to the needs of our audience. So two things. When Shelly wrote the article, as I was reading the article, she said, if you Google this, you get this definition, uh, as opposed to the Oxford Dictionary's definition of agility or agile and agility. And I thought that was interesting. And I, I thought, well, how did you get that far? So I Googled agile. And sure enough, the first definition of agile was this one that's uh, related to uh, process. Uh, especially if that process is deals with product development. And back in the, I'm going to say 80s, I did some work, some consult, marketing consulting work for a very small company that was based in Wood, Woodbridge, Virginia, which is south of the Beltway uh, from Washington, D.C. And the uh, CEO of that company had written the book on uh, uh, agile project management. And he was a big hit. He was dealing with, a, they were dealing with a lot of big corporations. Um, and I got to meet some of the companies that they were doing business with. Uh, and one of them was, uh, for example, uh, Johnson & Johnson in Cleveland, Ohio. And I was helping them with their sales, marketing and sales development. And it was amazing to me. And I, I kind of had to learn the process at a very fundamental level. And I thought it was such a different look at the way project management was run because project management basically is run independent of the end result, right? You're targeted on the end result. This agile approach had all these, uh, I'm not gonna call them stopping points. They were hesitant points, hesitancy points. They don't know what they call them. That's what I thought of them as. Where you check in with a user and say, is this going to satisfy your needs or does this satisfy your needs at this point? One of the things that came out of this is that uh, the, the user was far more willing to accept, uh, I'm, I'm going to call it an incomplete product 
that solved the customer's problems as soon as possible, rather than waiting for uh, the end product that was was identified at the beginning of the process. And it was just really interesting because I remember uh, uh, Shelley talking about um, perfection being the enemy or the what perfection being the enemy of progress, something it's, like that. Perfection is a disguise for uh, procrastination. Yeah, it's a way to say, "Well, it's not ready yet, so I'm not going to do it." And what she put did it out there, right? And what she yeah. did with that is actually prized uh, or or uh, 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 prioritize agility over the perfect end result. You were willing to accept something less than, and we deal with a couple of people who I would call perfectionists. And it, it, it falls into the Pareto rule, right? Uh, your product is probably ready to go at 80% at, at the time it's 80%. And you're going to spend the rest of your time, that 20% of your time, trying to make it perfect rather than getting it out and making it available to us. And that's the approach that we take. We admit from the very beginning that our products aren't perfect. You can criticize them in terms of, production values, for example, or you can criticize our books. You can criticize them and that you might find some uh, consistency errors, or I don't think you'll find spelling errors, but grammatical errors or continuity errors, not big ones, but you could, if you're picky and a perfectionist, you'll find them. I, I don't want to say we don't care. It's important to us uh, what our customers and the people who uh, uh, expect us to, to produce the best possible product. What we want to do is make sure we get the product out and not spend a whole bunch of time making sure the product is absolutely perfect. Before we started the show today, we had a very short conversation. And the conversation was, should we move this to the nighttime, right? The seven o'clock hour rather than the one o'clock in the afternoon hour. And the the conversation was short because uh, it went back and forth and it the back and forth was we've always done better at night. Haven't we? Yes. Does it fit with our schedule? It fits with it now. As a matter of fact, in some cases it's easier. What's the, what's the downside? The downside is we don't have anybody signing on at seven o'clock at night. There's the four time zones that we have to deal with and I get sleepy at seven o'clock. You know, it, it was minor stuff. So the question is, in terms of agility, if we feel good about it, if we feel good about the potential, let's do it. And the only thing that we have to do is inform our audiences we're going from 1 o'clock in the afternoon to 7 o'clock at night and see whether or not they can follow us, right? Then we take, then we'll get into the perfection of polls and what people want to hear, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to be, especially if you've got a partner. And, you know, I have to keep up with her because she throws ideas out at the rate of a mile a minute, right? They're always coming. And, uh, and you, have, you have to be wise enough to see what's coming, even wiser to determine whether or not that fits with your objectives, and even wiser to determine whether or not you can accomplish it without doing damage to where you are right now. And that's, that's the fundamental, what you're not shooting for, what you're not saying to yourself, but Ah, the perfect show is on Tuesdays at one o'clock or Saturdays at eight. You're, you're not fighting that battle. You're making the decision, taking a look at the re results, making sure that you deliver value uh, to your uh, prospective audience um, and go with it and, and just go with your, go with your, I don't want to say feelings because I'm not that kind of person, 
but go with your intuition, what, what your intuition is telling you, and then, and then move on from there. And there's some other things that you can look at as well, like your YouTube analytics, for instance, that will tell you when people are most likely to be looking at videos on your channel. So we'll do that next uh, before we make any kind of decision. And then uh -huh. we'll make an, a couple of announcements, I'm sure. And if we do it, we'll probably do it like the beginning of May rather than just like, okay, well, next week. Next week, yeah. We'll wait. <laughs> we'll, we'll work out this one so we have enough time to promote it and maybe get some feedback from our... Because we'll uh, have to change our, our scheduling calendar for guests and all of that as well. Right. So there's other things that have to come into play uh, if we do decide to change it to a different time. Uh -huh. uh, there's a lot of things that can happen for us because we are agile. Uh, we are a small enough company, it's just the two of us, uh, and those things can happen as long as we've agreed. For instance, last week we thought, oh, well, let's do a show on Saturday nights. We put the branding together during the week, and on Saturday night, we started another show. And we have the studio, we have the facility, we have the equipment, so we can do that whenever we decide that that's a good idea. So um, because we're agile and we have that, we can put content out in the world before it's perfect. And uh, perfection, you know, is on one hand, okay, well, we want it to be good, uh, but we don't want it to take forever. So you have to find that balancing point, right? The good enough, the place where it's good enough. And that's one of the reasons we go live is because uh, we don't want to spend the time on editing and uh, perfecting everything. People don't care. People want the information. They want the value. They want it now. And they don't care how pretty or ugly it is as long as they get value from it. So we get to put the content out into the world before it is perfect because we are agile and because we have been set up to be agile. So uh, for those of you that are watching this, you don't need me to do this, but this does go to podcasts. So I need to uh, add this to our podcast. All right. Uh, for those of you on our podcast, Shelly has uh, quotes from several notable digital marketeers that she puts up uh, on this slide. And one of them is from Aaron Wall. And he said, Doing well with blogging is not about writing one key post. It is about performing day after day and helping a few people at a time. And that's really part of the definition of the agile uh, approach or the agile attitude uh, to running your business, operating your business, especially if it's a digital-based business. If, you're, if your uh, store is online, uh, you have the technology necessary to be as agile as you want in order to add products, ignore products, delete products, whatever you want to do with it, you have that flexibility. Back in the olden days, you didn't have that. You had to accommodate your entire supply chain from the point at which you acquired your raw resources to the point at which you delivered to your customer. And the sales process was part of that. Now, with digital marketing and digital technologies, the sales process is the biggest part of it because you can sell 24 hours a day all around the world. And the, the, the rest of the supply chain, while it is important, is not as important as what digital technology enables you to do. Next. <laughs> and another thing that comes to us because we're agile is that we get to live stream video every week. And in fact, 
we now live stream three times a week. I, I live stream four times a week. And we can do that because, of course, we have the studio set up uh, not only here in Toby's home, but I have one set up in my home. And as soon as we decide it's time to go live, we can flip a couple of switches and start doing it. We live stream video every week to stay consistent, to stay in front of our customers and our clients and our audience. And anybody can do this. And uh, in, in, in that agility is, uh, is an advantage, right? You, because you're a solopreneur or a small business owner, you can do that every week, maybe even every day. And, and that gives you an advantage over the big cor corporations that can't do that or won't do that because they don't want to trust one person to represent their entire <laughs> brand by live streaming that frequently from an in-home studio. Uh, and we get to do that. So, Before um, we started this presentation, uh, I was doing a couple of quick edits to it. And I considering added a slide with a picture of the galaxy. And at the top, it would say time and space. Uh, one of the things that provide you agility uh, or the ability to be agile in terms of how you position your business and how you operate your business is the commitment to time and space. And what I mean by that is not rocket science. Uh, what I mean by that is that you're committed to a certain amount of time to operate that business in a digital marketing way so that you know what the time is. Shelly and I know regardless of all the other plans that we have on Wednesdays at one o'clock and Saturdays at eight o'clock and Thursdays at, seven. Uh, I'm sorry, seven o'clock. And then Thursdays <laughs> at one o'clock, we're going to be together. We know we've given that time. And occasionally there's going to be very occasionally, there's going to be something that prevents a, one of us from being there, but the other one will go on with a show, if you will. That's, that's the time component. The space component is we are very fortunate to have a room in my house. That's a studio. And not only is it a live streaming studio, it's a production studio. This is where the books are written. This is where the blogs are written and posted. This is where the books are published on Amazon, etc. It's an operating studio. It's our space. And when we spend time in here, one of the benefits of it is that when you're in this space, you feel like you, you're doing some work. We don't come into this space to drink our coffee, you know. We come into this space to do something productive, whether it's individually or uh, or together. Shelly does her 11 o'clock on Thursday show from this space, and she knows she can walk in. She knows all the equipment. She knows how they're oriented. She knows where StreamYard is, and she can get that launched. So commit to time and space. Now, if you don't, if you're not fortunate enough, and I'm, I'm, that's probably the wrong word, if you have a full household and all your bedrooms and all your other spaces are used for the purposes that they were designed, then find a space. Find a horizontal surface on which you can place a laptop computer, a light, and a camera, and a headset, and you can operate it. I have a backup space. Last week, we thought our my computer was dying. My backup space is right <laughs> at the door. It's desktop size. It has a laptop computer, and it has a headset and a light and a camera behind it. And Shelly and I tested it. We wanted to make sure that if the computer was going down, that we had an option for it. You can do the same thing. Make your space so that it's committed. And you know when you're in that space, you're effectively performing the functions of a digital marketeer producing something. So I'll go ahead and read that. Uh, oh, thank you. 
quote that we have for this one. So this is by Pierre Omidar Omidyarli. <laughs> That's why I made it's, you read it because I didn't know how to Omidyarli, say it. <laughs> Um, we have techno, we have technology finally that for the first time in human history allows people to really maintain rich connections with much larger numbers of people. And because you have that ability, you have the opportunity to create a business around those connections. Everybody, literally, he says it here, we have the technology everybody gets a, the same opportunity to create something around that technology. That's right. Another thing that we can do because we are agile is we can improve our show and ourselves incrementally. Again, Saturday, we just threw a show out there. Now we know how to put a show together, but we didn't spend a whole lot of time on that because we want to have the audience guide us in what they want to see, what they like, what they don't like. So we'll throw things in there. We'll go, okay, well, maybe we'll try uh, this sound effect, or maybe we'll use this music, or maybe we'll do a giveaway of a book, or maybe we'll try playing a game, or maybe we'll try one thing or another. And then we see what the audience responds to, what they like the most, and we get that feedback. And that's how we create that show flow that really works for us. We didn't want to wait until we had designed the perfect show flow because that's never going to happen. You don't know that it's perfect until you test it on audience and see their response to it. So we can incrementally improve. If you go back to 27, March of 2017 and look at our videos, and they weren't even live then because we had to have a thousand uh, subscribers before we could go live. Uh, but if you go back as far as March 2017 and look at our beginning videos, they're more stilted. Uh, they are not as professional looking as what we have today. But because we committed to doing a video every week, we sometimes more than one practiced, time. right? And we got better and we improved every week incrementally, small increments. And now, you know, how many years later, five years later, are we five years? Uh, we're over five years. <laughs> five years later, we, we, we can just boom, throw a show up, you know, and like last week we can just decide, Hey, let's start a new show. What is it going to be about here? Let's throw some branding together. Okay. Let's start. Boom. And we hit go and we get an audience and we see how it goes. Um, Cause we know, that we're going to improve that show as we move along, but it's easier to improve after you've got something to improve, right? I used to tell my daughter when she had to write an essay for school, uh, what have you got? What have you started working on? What? And she wouldn't write because she was like, it's not perfect. And I'm editing. You can't edit when you write, you write everything that's in your head. Then you go back and you have something to work with that you can edit and make more perfect. And that's how, that's how content creation works. Get out what's in your head first and then perfect it. Uh, back in the olden days of 2017, uh, and I was going to suggest after uh, Shelly su suggested, if you go to this channel. Well, Comment. Oh. <laughs> that's what that means. Uh, is that what that? <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt uh, you. If you, um, if you go back to uh, 2017, where we started this channel, it's had several names since. And you'll go back, I think I counted 730 videos in the past five years. 
um, three million views, millions of hours of watch time. But you can see where we made transitions from that beginning phase where we were doing a lot of editing. And it was hard because we were doing, there was hours of preparation in order to do the show. Then there was, in addition to that, hours of editing to get the show perfected to the point that it made sense to the, to the viewer. Now, what we do now is we get an idea and we can do the show. If, if Shelly and I finished this show today and Shelly said something about, uh, well, I have a new idea about what we should be doing. We could literally have a show within a half hour of that idea, assuming that we had viable content for it. That's how easy it has become for us. And that's why it has the potential to generate even more revenue because you're not putting your entire life into it. You have time to do other things, think about other things, and try other things, not just the not just that uh, particular program. So um, Jonathan Coleman said, start with empathy, continue with utility, improve with analysis and optimize with love. And you know, that last one sounds like love. What's it all? You've got to love what you're doing. You've got to love who you are. You got to love working with your partner. You got to love your audience and understand them enough so that you can produce the kind of content that they find uh, useful to John Miller was with us. He, he joined us on Saturday night for our show. It was a little bit different, I'm sure, than what he expected, but it was a fun show to do. It covered a lot of territory. That's why we're calling it Headlines. And uh, John was there. John is what we would call a faithful mm-hmm. viewer. Yeah, uh, yeah, a faithful a tribe viewer. He's been, yeah, he's part of the tribe. <laughs> That's he's been right. with us a long time. Not only that, and he's also a member and, of our channel. Yeah, channel member. Uh, and he um, he brings his family with him yes. too. So we know That's John's right. entire so he shares family. It too. Right? Yeah. He's he's very dedicated. He's yeah. the one that if we had a hundred of of people like him, we'd be set. Man, yeah. 100 true fans, right? Yeah, we'd be pretty happy. <laughs> All right, next one. Okay, and what else can we do? Because we're agile, we can discover what our audience responds to and needs from us. We are always looking at our comments uh, in our chat room, and we're looking at emails that people send us and uh, sometimes even texts because we, we've gotten to know some people well enough that they text us and let us know what's going on with them, what they want to see more of, what they liked about our show, and then we can respond to them in a way that is tangible by saying, okay, we have 20 people who say they will show up for our show if we do it at seven o'clock at night instead of one o'clock in the afternoon, we're going to move the show. You know, we were able to respond to people's needs in that way, as long as it still fits with what is in alignment with us. You know, if if they said, well, we what we really want is for you to talk about, you know, some, something going on on Fox News. We're like, yeah, well, we don't really want to talk about that. That's not in alignment with who we are. So uh, we're not going to go that route. But if it is something that we can do and that we feel good about, we definitely will do it. So I, I actually wouldn't mind if somebody had a reference to something on Fox News because they think... <laughs> okay, that was a bad example. Okay, then. bad example. Maybe they want right. to talk about something we have no interest in, like ballet or something. We have no interest. So I was like, oh, well, you don't know anything about ballet. Sorry. I actually can have a conversation. <laughs> Are you going to contradict everything yeah, no, I no, say? No, um, I wanted I wanted to point out, in light of that, if you watch the scroll across the bottom, there is a myriad of ways to get in touch with us, whether you use email, text, 
uh, phone, voicemail, et cetera. We love hearing from the people that can, that watch our programming um, because they always, they always do it in a good and helpful way. Every once in a while, you get a guy, a person that's going to criticize you because that's the nature of that particular beast. 20% of the people. They don't like your voice. So they don't like the shirt you wore or whatever. It's that old 20, <laughs> 20, 60, Doesn't 20. Matter. 20% of the world will love you. 20% of the world will hate you. And there's 60% that will have a conversation with you without making any emotional judgment. All right. Spending energy to understand the audience. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, this I'm is sorry. by Nancy oh. Duarte. Is that correct? Nancy Duarte. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, was gonna... I just wanted to make sure that people knew that you were doing a quote rather than just saying your Just saying thing. things. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I could do that for the podcasters. They don't know. They don't okay. Know. This is uh, Nancy Duarte said, spending energy to understand the audience and carefully crafting a message that resonates with them means making a commitment of time and discipline to the process. I mentioned that before. We call it time and space, but you could add very much discipline as a component of that time, the discipline to show up mm -hmm. in our case four, in Shelly's case, four times a week, in my case, three times a week. Although this way, this week we're, we're actually having a special Amazon. That's uh, right. Uh, show. Because why not? Because why not? <laughs> we have a studio and we have the time. We got time That's and space. Right. That's right? right. And you make money there. Exactly. And you get to share with the world. So do it. All right. Another thing we can do because we are agile is we can get things done more quickly and we can um, lose one, lose a client one day and find a new client the next day. We can uh, stop a show one day and start a new show the next day. We can get things done more quickly. Uh, somebody can call us and say, I need to start live streaming tomorrow. Okay. We can do that because we're agile. We have things in place that we can just, you know, okay, let's just put all, put all this together and here we go. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun and it's kind of cool. Uh, and, and we like it. So we don't mind being agile and coming up with new ideas and getting them done quickly. So it's about the whiteboard. There's actually a large four foot by six foot whiteboard in my kitchen. And if one of us gets an idea, we post that to the whiteboard. The next time we're together, we go to the whiteboard and we discuss it, right? We, we talk about what it's going to be. The, the discussion on the whiteboard right now is our next book, which direction we're going to head, how are we going to publish it, how are we going to produce it, how are we going to publish it? And, and so it, it, you, because you've dedicated time and space, things do happen more quickly because you're looking at it almost every day and determining what contribution you've made uh, to the process in order to move it forward. And sometimes it's just getting the idea and, or at least uh, crystallizing the idea so you can start taking action on it. And it's an important part of our process where we, we start throwing things out there. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you another example. Uh, day before yesterday or within the past week, Shelley received an invitation from a conference called the CEX conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, unfortunately, and, and it was a, what they, so she, you, you registered for, you 
for something, a freebie. Right. They had uh, they had a con- contest or a, com- a contest with a uh, with a prize, and I registered for that, and I didn't win the top prize, but they decided to give me a free ticket to their right expo, which I thought was interesting because the ticket was a nine hundred and seventy five dollar ticket for a, a two day three day ex- uh, counting them. It's actually two days. Uh, they added a third day because there's a, a cocktail party the first day. Um, and Shelly and I both realized it would be very difficult for her to go um, because um, because of this, the situation that Kevin's in. He requires you know her to be here in some cases. So she asked if I wanted the ticket. I went and checked it out, and I thought to myself, well, it is a $975 ticket, but they picked it at a resort that's 300 bucks a night. So there's $900 worth of hotel expense plus a flight. Um, or I could drive. But at this point, a flight and a drive are going to cost me about the same in time and money. And uh, uh, so I started thinking about it. And I said, I, I don't want to, because Shelly knew that I just wanted to take a trip, that I wanted to, I, I love traveling. I don't get to do it as much as I used to. Uh, and I'd like to find excuses. And this seemed like a pretty good excuse considering I was getting a, Shelly was going to give me the the ticket, was going to pass on the ticket, which they said was okay to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I looked at it and I looked at the pricing and I thought, ah, is it worth, because it would invariably it would cost me anywhere depending from at least $900 plus travel. And the travel could be as much as $600 depending on which airline and which, which uh, level you went. So it's a $1,500 trip plus the time. And I thought to myself, how can I how can I justify that for a three day trip basically, and not getting anything out of it? So our first thought was, well, I could do I could go and shoot some video, and uh, we could talk about what's going on and the events that I listen to or or the presentations that I listen to. So that was kind of a first cut. I didn't think it was enough. So this morning we were sitting over there by the whiteboard. We started talking about it and we thought, what if we do the same thing that we did at the Sheep Podcasts conference where, um, where we interviewed people and then we turned that into podcasts and later on we turned that into a book. And there's two ways to produce a book from that. One is to produce a book of the interviews. Another way is to produce a book uh, with your impressions of what the five, six, maybe 10 important things that all these these people that you interviewed had in common in terms of digital marketing, and you can make a book out of that. But you'd at least walk walk away with X number of podcasts. Right, you're you're recording audio, not video. By the end of that conversation, it was getting close to starting this show. And so we had to get in here and pull, get the stream yard up, et cetera. But by the end of that conversation, it ended with, well, you know what? Let's call the guys at this conference and see if they could uh, help us make it easy to conduct these interviews if we promise them access to, et cetera, et cetera. So it went kind of from a, shall we got a free ticket? to an opportunity to produce more content, at least some podcasts and possibly a book. And the reason it went that way is because we both think in terms of those things. For me, it was like, I told her last night, she, she offered the ticket and I said, yeah, I need to get away. I need, I, I, listen, I don't lead the kind of life that requires me to get away, <laughs> right? I'm happy right here in Bernalillo, you know, but I love traveling. And I love excuses to travel. I love the, 
you know, the trip, the, 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 you know how much I talk about the trips that Shelly and Kevin and I have taken together. And I'm looking forward to that this summer, but I felt like I just need to get away. It started with, well, take this ticket. And by this morning, it had turned into a content production opportunity. And the $1,500 investment started sounding more and more reasonable. And it ended with statement from my friend here that was, well, hell, if you're going to do that, I want to go too. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to have to see how it all turns out. We'll see. <clears throat> it's a, it's a rough year for travel for us, but yeah. So Albert uh, Einstein said, you have to learn the rules of the game and then you have to play better than anyone else. So how can you do your content creation, content marketing better, different, in a unique way, in a way that makes you stand out. And get it done more quickly. So it's not just faster and it's not just better. It's faster and better. And what's interesting about this process as we've learned it and, and how we advise people, the more you do it, the faster and better you get. That's right. That incremental perfection. That's right. Uh, and again, because we're agile, we can share our ideas while they are fresh. Uh, I'd like to point out this book that we just put out last week. Because we do our books ourselves, we publish them on Amazon ourselves, rather than going through a traditional publisher, there are things in here that happened that I talk about that I stuck in there the like the day before we published it, right? So it is fresh. It is got, it's got things in there that happened the day before we published and, and then we're published like, and it's published in a couple of days. So it's only like a week old, uh, the information that we put in our book. That's because we're agile. We do it ourselves. We uh, get it done fast. Not only that, I should point out that one of the things that we've learned how to do is publish on Amazon. And the approach that we're taking to our book publishing is as we build out the, the book itself, Shelley is doing the majority. We, we transcribe uh, uh, using a tool. And then Shelley does the majority of the editing and um, and organizing. And she doesn't do a lot of editing. She does editing so that it makes sense that it, the words that don't come out from the transcription, you know, she does a significant amount of editing, but it isn't the kind of thing that literally ends the rest of her life in other areas, right? But what we've learned is that we pick a weekend and the approach that we've taken as a result of knowing what Amazon does, because I, I take over the Amazon production part, I know that I can do it in a weekend and because of how competent we are at putting the publication components together, the book and the cover uh, together, um, we know that Amazon will approve it before the end of the weekend, that it will be up and available. If I start on Saturday and Shelly and I have the finished uh, uh, insides of the book, the text, and we've worked on the cover together. If I start on Saturday, there will be a book on Amazon on Monday because we're not only good at the development process, we've gotten really good at the pr production process. We know exactly what Amazon expects. We follow those rules precisely. We know how to fill out all the four pages worth of uh, production forms that they require us to do. And we get approved almost uh, immediately. They, they say uh, 72 hours. 
but I've uploaded a book on Sunday morning or, or finalized it on Sunday morning and it's up Monday morning. That's a lot less than 72 hours. So uh, that process has become uh, a very easy for us to work at process. I'm trying to think of the right words that go with that, but uh, let formatting me, and formatting and uh, because publication there is process, basically the, the pub, publication production process. Yeah. Because you have to take what what you started with. In our case, it's a Google Doc with a, a, a Google Doc for each chapter that has to go into a Word doc that uses the Amazon downloadable template. And then you have to organize it so that it actually looks good by chapter so that you can automatically generate the content stable. You have to add your images if there are images. And then you, at the same time, you have to have that cover developed using the Amazon template, uh, uh, cover template. And that's what you upload. You upload the two of those. And there's a process by which Amazon takes that and formats it into the book. And within about 10 minutes, that's how long it takes, you can look at the digital version of that book, you know, flipping the pages so you can see exactly what you're doing. And it may take, it may take, I spent probably, I think I did three or four uploads because I would make some minor changes, mostly due to formatting. Um, but once it's accepted, they accept it, they review it, and they make it available to the public. So I think the, the most important thing we're talking about here is when you create your business, when you're putting together your workflow and uh, how streamlined you can be, you want to you think about agility. How can I make myself agile so that when trends pop up or uh, new information comes into my industry that I can immediately take advantage of that and share that with my audience and uh, keep everything fresh and up to date and, you know, a technologically advanced. And if you uh, sharing your ideas while they're still still fresh is the point that Shelly is making. But if you look, for example, at this conference that's coming up, the speakers that they have, if you look at the list of speakers, they are all leaders and influencers in the area of content production, YouTubers and TikTokers and bloggers and podcasters, et cetera, et cetera. So even if I didn't walk away with 10 to 20 interviews, if all I did was attend each of the se sessions and make copious notes, which I do, we would at least have present our, so when we go there, we don't want to take their ideas. We want to put our powder coating. I don't know what else to, we want to give it our what color. What we do best, yeah. Right. We want to take what, what they've said and done, give it the, uh, the uh, coloring, the, the powder coating that we know from our experience it requires, and then present that, not necessarily as original content, but our ideas based on another individual's ideas that was at a current, you know, a contemporary conference, a conference that happened uh, in May of this year, you know, so there's lots of ways to do that once you get it. And when you, you know, that conference will have, you'll have the opportunity to see probably 15 to 20 speakers. So when you walk away from those presentations, you will have a set of thoughts in the notes that you've made about what you can do with this. So it's not only a show about, I was at a conference and here's what it was like, it, it was, I also have enough content. Even if I don't have interviews, I have enough content for five, six, maybe seven shows 
based on the new ideas that we were presented and how we reconfigure those ideas uh, in combination with our experience of doing what we're doing. Uh, it was Brian Halligan that said, people shop and learn in a whole new way compared to just a few years ago. So marketers need to adapt or risk extinction. And you've heard us talk about this before. That's what our whole set of digital marketing interviews, the first question we ask each of those experts is, what have you learned about digital marketing in the past two years? And the reason we ask that is because we know, and, and a lot of these marketeers know, that the world changed. And digital marketing was impacted in a significantly negative and a significantly positive way. And you have to take the good out of the positive and correct the negative, figure out how by taking the good out of the positive, you correct the negative. And that's what we're doing. That's how we operate, you know, you know? Yeah, that's us. Uh, read the signs. That's part of our uh, title, right? Read the signs and remain agile. Read the signs. So adjust what you were doing and your way of doing them with marketplace trends take a look at what's going on in the world and then see if it's a fit for you. For instance, everybody right now is saying, oh, you got to be on TikTok, 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 TikTok. Everybody's on TikTok. Well, no. Look at the demographics before you make that decision. Is that your audience? For us, uh, we look at it and we say, well, let's see, 18 to 29-year-old? No, that is not our audience. Uh, so maybe TikTok is not right for us. Let's just stay on YouTube. That's where our audience is. And that's where we're able to connect with people. So we didn't adjust in that way. But if we do see things that are happening, like um, this content marketing expo creator economy expo is what it's called we could hop on that and we could learn what they have to teach from all the people there and then adjust it to our audience's needs and then use that in our content i'm going to show the screen for just a second because if you're not sure um where the world is now in terms of the digital market it's very much focused on what they call the creator economy and there's a lot of things happening in that right now. And it's like a key set of buzzwords. And Shelly and I pick up on this where we start noticing things that we're getting in emails and invitations and things like that. Uh, but if you look up the conference, the Creator Economy Expo, and you look at the speakers and the topics are speaking on, you will get not a great sense of the trends, but you will see the trends that are different from the trends of just two years ago and why it's now called a creator economy uh, rather than a digital market. So take a look at that. I will put a link to the actual page uh, uh, in there, uh, in the description box below. So you can go check it out. It, it's an in interesting conference. Uh, even if you didn't go, like I said, just by reading the speakers, uh, uh, the, um, the bios and uh, the topic that they're going to talk about and the, the kind of a description of that topic, you will learn from that and you will get, get a real sense of what the creator economy is, um, is all about. Mm -hmm. Our audience enjoys watching the process of us putting out a new show and then uh, adjusting it as needed, right? If Do we need to change what time we show it? Do we need to add some more music or sound effects or do we need to ask uh, our audience to be more 
uh, participatory in that they send us things, you know, uh, or do we, you know, how can we make it better? And that's a perfecting process. But the audience is a part of that. They share their input and advice with us, uh, either through comments or in the chat or by sending us emails and reviews. And we align our show to their needs. You know, th that makes sense. Let's try putting some of that into our show, right? whatever they've sent us. Uh, or sometimes we've read people's emails on past shows, and, you know, to give them that voice, right? Allow their input to be heard by others. Uh, and that way they feel ownership and loyalty to our show. And they're more likely to continue to keep showing up bringing along family and friends and, uh, you know, buying things from us in the future. All of that comes together when we get our live streams out quickly and we use the audience's feedback to uh, make it better. So there's a big conversation. This is going to sound like it's not related, but there is a big conversation occurring right now in the community of stand-up comedians. And the conversation is about harassment. There's actually another name for it when they're doing, is it harassment? Heckling. Heckling, right. So it's the conversation is about heckling and the uh, notability of the fact that over the past couple of years, heckling for, and that's, this is where the conversation is, heckle, the amount of heckling that a stand-up comedian has to, um, that has to uh, endure. endure during their show has increased over the past years because apparently there's something about this thing that the audience feels like they can tell you what they think as opposed to just sitting in the audience and listening to. And there are, there are comedians that are really good at handling their heckling, but with, and, and they learn from those comedians and how to handle it. But there are some comedians that have decided to make it part of their show. Now, sometimes it's just a drunk and they're being jerks and you tell them they're being jerks. But other times people, you know, the, the heckling is tell us the joke about the time that you such and such because they follow you and they know what your jokes are. And so comedians are actually adjusting. I just saw a, uh, a, a TikTok short of a comedian that literally based his entire show upon the heckling that started with uh, he happened to be in a place he was a white guy and he happened to be in a community that was primarily black. And they said something that he didn't recognize, but it was something with, to do with the black community. They went like purr or grr or, or something. And <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And Sorry. It's, okay. Well, it's a, it's their way of expressing themselves about who's on stage. Okay. And he took it and he said, I don't know what that is. Right. You're, you're talking about, it. and he said, let's, I'm a white guy. I don't know what you're talking about. That is obvious something. And he went on with the rest of the show using that as a basis for the show. And the audience was now laughing. And the thing that might have been a heckle at the beginning of the program was now part of the program and laughable. Right. Instead of allowing it to divide him and the audience, he used it to bring them together. Exactly. And that's why listening to your audience is really, really important. We have the benefit of, unless we accept a call in, we have the benefit of being able to look at the chat and make decisions about what we're doing uh, using the chat. And there was a time where that chat would not have impacted our flow. For example, we have a show flow that we follow um, and it would not have impacted. Now it is more likely to have some effect on it 
even if it is to explain why you're not dealing with that comment, right? Because your audience expects to be heard in one way or the other. And it may not be as, as uh, John, for example, made a comment earlier about he wanted to let us know that he really enjoyed our Saturday show. And he wants to be heard with that. And he wants to know that we recognize that. And sometimes just, you know, putting it up there is an indication that you've recognized how John is feeling about what you did on Saturday. But sometimes it's about the show that you're doing now. And sometimes it's a question. You have to be ready to listen and to deal with it no matter whether it's good or bad. I just read a comment on an old video that somebody picked up and they were criticizing Shelly's voice. Now, I don't know about you guys, but Shelly's voice to me is angelic. I don't know how anybody <laughs> could hate Shelly's oh, voice. Boo. Right. Uh, but you have to look at it and say, what, what's going on here? What did it mean? Why, why that? Why was it an entire paragraph of this going on? You know, and, uh, and anybody who likes Shelly's, who likes my voice better than Shelly's has to be just a little bit nuts, you know, but, <laughs> but I addressed it and then I deleted it and I, my blog. Yeah, I can do that too. Uh, but uh, if you want them to feel ownership and loyalty, you want to make sure you listen to them. And that not only that you listen to them, but you do something about it. So this, this comment, as simple as it may seem, uh, and complimentary as it may seem, gives me the energy I need to make sure that we have another Saturday night show, mm -hmm. right? Until it doesn't produce that kind of energy for me. And that has happened. We've started streams, uh, channels and streams that after three or four days, it just didn't, you know, three or four episodes, it just didn't have the energy that I was looking for. And, um, and so we turned it off. We, we went another direction. You have to be prepared to do that. Mm -hmm. Not everything in your pursuit of per perfection, not everything is going to be a happy road to perfection. Sometimes it's an indication of you tried it, doesn't work, mm -hmm. go do something else. Well, you learn you learn more from failures than you do from success. That's right. So yeah. learn from it. So you have to, uh, Adam Odette said, Odette said, you have to stand apart by offering high quality, relevant experiences to audiences that you truly understand. And we're just going to leave it at that because that says it all. Yep. Again, we did publish a book last week, Livecast Life, and it is called Livecast Life, the content creator lifestyle. And part of that lifestyle is finding a way to give your audience what they want and doing it in a way that is agile so that you can respond each week. You know, each week you can move just a little bit closer to perfection to what your audience wants from you. You move a little bit closer to the finish line, whatever you want to call it. Uh, each week you add to your portfolio of content and you get better and bigger and brighter and people, more and more people find you and recognize you. So it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun industry to be in uh, creating content. You like it really? Yeah. And if you want to get into becoming a content creator yourself, get the book. It's uh, on Amazon, easy to find, easy to read. And uh, if you don't like to read, you'd rather watch a video, then we have a playlist on our channel called Livecast Life Training Series. Just watch all of those videos and you'll get all this, pretty much all the same content that is uh, in the book. And if you're a Kindle person rather than a paperback version, it does come in a, a Kindle as well. You can find it at book 
dot livecast dot life. That's right. Um. Don't forget, we're going to be here Saturday night for more conversations in our new show called Headlines, which I could have used our new, <laughs> our new. That's all right. Thing, I like this one. This I one like was this there one. from last yeah. week, so I just left it. Uh, Saturday night, seven o'clock p.m. Mountain Daylight. Daylight Time. We will be here to have another conversation with you. And for those of you who are curious about what we'll be talking about, we're going to be talking about the headlines, starting with Ukraine. But we also did uh, take a close look at the, not a close look, a more organized look at the photographs from the most recent uh, FEN, um, uh, the, the stuff that was released last week. And I, I think it reinforces a lot of ideas that we had about Forrest Fenn. Uh, and there was also something else that I want to talk about. So, so we will talk a little bit about Fenn. Yeah. Make sure you sign up for our email list because we have additional information in there. We have reminders of what shows are happening and when they're happening so that you don't forget or get left behind or out of the loop. There's also great information in there about the content creator industry and uh, things to keep you, uh, you know, up and apprised and all those fresh trends that are coming our way are in the newsletter as well. Uh, sometimes there's free training and free eBooks and all kinds of great stuff in their newsletters. So sign up at news.agkmedia.studio. And Shelly releases those on Tuesdays. So it has the entire schedule for us in the next uh, week. So you know when and where to find us. That's it for our presentation on Read the Signs and Remain Agile. And I hope that was helpful to you. If you have any questions or you would like to discuss your vision for your own live stream podcast, blog, industry, in within your own home, please uh, reach out to us and set up a set up a call. That's free free for you to have a discussion with us about what's going on in your world, and we'd love to hear from you to get that feedback and to know where you're at. And that's at calendar.agkmedia.studio. So uh, as soon as we finish the show and I finish processing, I'm going to the post office. I'm going to put in the mailbox the books that we gave away what addresses oh, sorry. <laughs> gave away uh this last saturday so you can expect that in upcoming saturday show we'll have some uh giveaways and we'll probably be giving away copies of our new book as well as maybe a copy of the old one it's not the old one but the one that we published at the beginning of the year so we'll give away some of these uh yeah books on our saturday great night giveaways show. on saturday nights so yeah. be there yeah and all you have to be all you have to be good at is trivia Toby and Shelly trivia. Yeah, just show up. Just it's so. easy. Have fun. Okay. Uh, remember again that if you need to contact us, that contact information is not only in the description box below, but it is scrolling across the bottom of the screen continuously. So you should have of all our videos of all our videos and all the stuff that we do. Thank you for being here with us today. And we hope to see you again very soon. Saturday night for sure. But you should join us on, uh, uh, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Daylight Time, Mountain Daylight Time on Video Tarot Live because that's when we do our Amazon Influencer Show. Uh, and we have two shows this week. One show is going to be the small set photography stuff. But we were invited by a company that special, specializes in lighting and other electronic pieces to, they sent us a bunch of their products. So we're doing uh, reviews and uh, talking about and selling all their products on, we're doing a special show for them 
on Friday at 1 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. And you can find us at follow.videotarot.com. That's follow.videotarot.com. And I'll put that in the description box below. Join us. It's a lot of fun. You don't have to buy anything. Just, you know, it's fun. Learn. Just be there. Yeah, be there. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0, hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please come back again next week. <laughs>